Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Early Read, week two edition. I'm your host, Reed Wallach, joined by me, special, special guest, my former boss over at BetQL, now crushing it over for the Action Network, Tom Casale. Guy is as sharp as a razor blade. He gets into the weeds on everything. And trust me, we have some random spots for you to bet this weekend. Tom, thank you for joining me. Week two edition of the Early Read. How's it going? Good. Thanks a lot for having me. Good. So a little bit of some uh, housekeeping here before we get into week two. Last week's show bets go five and two for the week one show. Moves us to six and three against the spread as we get ready for week two. Shout out to our old Dominion Monarchs coming through uh, on the money line as well. So now you're only as good as your latest bet, though. So we're going to look ahead to week two here. And let's kind of go macro here and go big picture. I want to talk about how do you assess, Tom, week one and then how it impacts your handicapping in week two. If a team underwhelms, overperforms, cash is a big underdog, how do you project? Because last week I said, you need you can't be too married to your priors heading into the season. And now we're talking about week two. You just saw a team maybe get blown out in week one, maybe pull an upset in week two. How much do you look at week one and say, okay, I need to change my opinion of this team or I need to see a little bit more data points before um, I really change a big opinion here? Well, I think it matters on the team. Like, I know a team people are down on right now is NC State. See, I'm not overreacting to that game for a couple reasons. One, they came in with a lot of hype. Maybe they were a little too confident. Two, that's East Carolina's Super Bowl. You know, they they want that game badly. So whatever you thought of NC State before the season – I think you can still think that. Let's they've got Clemson on, on October first. Let's see how that game goes. But I wouldn't get too down, you know, on on NC State. But then you look at a couple of these other teams. Like I'm sure we'll go into it a little more. But you know, Oregon did not look yeah. well. Did not good look good at all. You know, like I know it's Georgia, but they they, they did not look good at all. Um, you know, uh, we'll we'll talk about this game in a little while too. But you know, Louisville and Syracuse. You know I like Syracuse, but I thought that was a dead-even game. I thought it was going to go down the wire, and Louisville had a lot of problems in, in that game. So that's a team I want to see how they bounce back this week against UCF because another poor performance by Louisville, and they're going to be in some trouble. Yeah, I think you got to see at least two, maybe three games before you really say, okay, I'm dead wrong about this team. I'm dead right on this team. I think there needs to be more of a sample size. And look, if any of the viewers right now have any comments on any teams they were really impressed with or not impressed with, make sure to comment below, ask any questions. You know, we're going to answer all those at the end of the show. But Tom, I know you threw out a few teams. Which team, this doesn't have anything to do with changing your opinion or not, but who are you most impressed with relative to your expectation going into the year um, during week one? Well, Syracuse is one of them. You know, uh, I took over four and a half wins. That was my first futures bet of the, of the off season. Just looked at them last year. Five wins. They lost three games in a row by three points. You know, one or two of those games goes their way, a play here or there, and everyone thinks of them differently coming into the season. I thought they finally had a quarterback. 
you know, I was really surprised by how well the defense played. I thought they would be able to score points in that game. Uh, now, are they going to win the ACC? No, but I think they're a bowl team. And I think with UConn and Wagner on deck, the four and a half is looking pretty, pretty good. The, you know, a, a team, you don't want to say, but man, Georgia, <laughs> Georgia looked, I, I've never seen, you know, I coach, oh, youth, I, yeah, I, I coach youth football, right? And you teach kids to tackle a certain way. Like that's going to change player safety is down at the youth level, right? You teach them how to yeah. form tackle. I'm not sure I've ever seen a game where a team form tackled correctly all the way through like Oregon and still didn't, still missed a ton of tackles. Those Georgia guys, I mean, they're NFL ready right now. Yeah. I mean, they were breaking tackles. Every I'd love to see that weight room. I mean, they got to be the strongest team in college football. But no matter what you think of the Bulldogs, I thought you know they looked really well. But Oregon, I just think we got to see where they go now with a new head coach. Yeah, I think Georgia. This was I said before the year. People were kind of sleeping on Georgia on this repeat. I think their offense is going to be better. I mean, Stetson Bennett to me looked as impressive as could be. You know, if you want to have most impressive team, I think Georgia, even as big favorites, they really showed up there and they said, listen, they're talking about this defense isn't going to be the same. They're still talking about Stetson Bennett, maybe a little, you know, not really worth a national championship level quarterback. Well, they proved it all wrong. This team is legit. And I think they are, in my opinion, a college football playoff caliber team. Speaking of college football playoff, though, I want to transition into our marquee matchup of the week, Alabama traveling to Austin to take on Texas. We have all... The storylines here, we have Nick Saban playing as assistant coach. We know that one with Steve Sarkeesian. We have Quinn Ewers, who is now the leading man in Texas. His first start, pretty solid, I say, 16-24 against UL Monroe, 225 yards, two touchdowns. Did throw a pick, but he got through the game, right? That's all they wanted to see. 52-10 to was the final there. Meanwhile, Alabama didn't miss a beat. 55-0 against Utah State. Bryce Young, easy as can be, 18 completions, only five of them were for touchdowns. He also scooted for over 100, he, 100 yards on the dot. So Alabama comes to Texas, laying 20, total of 62, 61 and a half. Tom, what are just some thoughts before you give out your bet on the game? Is this a preview of the SEC, or you still think Texas has a long way to go and they're kind of going to you know, get a preview of a whooping here with Alabama coming? Well, I, I tell you one thing. I wouldn't take the twenty. Um, I'm not. Even, I'm not even. I know Joey Galloway thinks it's going up to thirty. I don't know if I've taken at that number, but but um, the, the, here, here's where I think Texas is going to struggle in this game, and where Oregon struggled, and where most teams struggle playing your Alabama and your Georgia is in the trenches. Yep. Uh, I just don't see them matching up well. I mean, maybe they score a few points early on, keep the game somewhat interesting in the first quarter. But sooner or later, that Alabama defensive line takes over. I think it's going to be a long day for yours. And this is a game, you know, I know the Alabama first half is a popular bet for obvious reasons. It almost never loses. This is a game where I could see Texas maybe staying close for a little while, but Alabama really flexing its muscles as, as the game goes on and just pulling away in the second half. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because I won't give out my bet right now. But I think we see a line, but we're on a different type of bet here. But you nailed it on the head, in my opinion. The offensive line of Texas is a big, big concern. This was a team that was around like 60th in sacks allowed last year. Sure, they have another year of the Steve Sarkeesian system, but this is Alabama's defense. They have Will Anderson that's going to live in that backfield. And you're expecting Quinn Ewers, who is a hell of a talent, but his first real test is going to be this Alabama team. I just – I can't see Texas keeping up with Alabama. 
maybe if this game did happen in November, we this could be a different story. This could be maybe Texas hangs around. They found something. It's just too early in the year for me. Like you said, the trenches, but the offensive line is really where my biggest concern is. I struggle to see them keeping up with Alabama. And you look at last year, Texas was one of the worst teams at just allowing completions to quarterbacks. Teams completed over 67% of their passes against Texas. You're telling me Bryce Young is going to be able to just pitch and catch all day, and these Alabama receivers aren't going to be able to rip one. Um, I think Alabama, like you said, I don't see any upset here. It's an early start, too, which I weirdly feel like goes against Texas. Like, if this was, like, a night start, you get, like, a, a drunk, rowdy crowd yeah. in Austin. I just I don't think that's going to happen here, and it's going to be kind of a dead – it will be live, but not as live as it would be at night. So, I think, you know, Saban, assistant coach narrative, you want to run with that. Um, I think Alabama rules. So, is your best bet going to be on Alabama laying the 20? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think they'll cover this number pretty easily. It's one – to me – Listen, I love to find value. I love to bet mm-hmm. underdogs. I like to bet value in the futures market. To me, I think it's one of those years where these uh, top couple of teams are going to beat everybody pretty good. You know, you yeah. know, Georgia, Alabama. I know Ohio State took some time to get going. I thought they got out coached badly in the first half. But, you know, they have that kind of talent. I don't know who that fourth team is. I mean, for me, it's not Clemson. Uh, until they make a quarterback change. I I just that that guy just can't play quarterback at Clemson. Yeah. Uh so I don't know who that fourth team's going to be, but whoever it is doesn't look like it's going to be in the class of those three teams. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting though cuz there are a lot of good teams but maybe not in that caliber. I felt like last year there weren't that many good teams if that makes sense, but there were a lot of teams in the mix. Like I still think Utah's a damn good team. I think BYU, who we're going to talk about mm-hmm. a little bit, may be uh, in line to make a little bit of a run here. We're going to talk about them in a few minutes during uh, one of our next segments. But my best bet, you mentioned that you like Texas maybe a little bit early. I like Alabama in the first half. I don't have a strong opinion on the line or anything, but I think you see Alabama kind of throw the first punch in. Maybe Quinn Ewers could uh, put together a strong drive during the scripted portion of the game. But the longer this goes, I just think this offensive line is going to collapse. And you just see when there's such a talent gap, like you said, with Georgia and Oregon, there's you're not getting any push. Ewers are going to be running for his life. And while he is talented, I just can't see him keeping up. So I think Alabama takes a two-score lead into half, and they end up pulling away with this one. So we see eye-to-eye, a little bit of a different bet, but we do see eye-to-eye there. So there's our marquee matchup. Tom's on Alabama, full game spread at minus 20. I'm on the first half spread at minus 11. So now we have a few more segments coming up here. And, Ty, I did the special for you, though. And – it's not as random. I thought you were going to get like really in the weeds. You went like somewhat random lower tier game, but I call it the plug your nose bet or the, I was between that or the trust me bet that listen, we just grinded this out. We, we handicapped it. We, you just got to trust us on this one. So Tom, you're looking at the Virginia, Illinois game, which I'm sure is at the top of everyone's watching list for uh <laughs> Saturday afternoon, but you're taking the points with Virginia. Tell me why. Cause this must be a rebuilding uh, Cavaliers offense. Yeah, I just think it's going to be a close game. Listen, I'm I live around Syracuse. I watch a lot of Syracuse. I'm going to fade Tommy DeVito every every chance I get. I just don't think he's a good quarterback. Uh, I think you know he's one of those guys who's highly recruited. Everybody keeps waiting for him to play well. The it you know geez, that game Illinois they had they had that game you know the it, 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 and they let it slip away. I don't know. Five points would be five points with the Illini seems a little bit too much. I kind of see this being a back and forth kind of game. I know Virginia's replacing a lot of people. I actually liked Richmond last week. 
But the edge they have at quarterback, I think, keeps them yeah. in this game and covers the five. Illinois is a team I would bet is an underdog this year. I don't know how many times I want to, you know, I want to lay points with them. Yeah, this was one that it came up on the board, and I was hoping that Virginia was going to get bet, and I was going to take Illinois maybe minus three, minus two and a half. Didn't come and went the other way, so no touch for me. The Virginia offensive line is somewhat of a concern because Illinois' defense does look like it's in good shape this season, but I agree with you 100%. Over a field goal, I have no interest in uh, taking the Illini. So I went, though, rant like way off the grid here. I'm taking UNLV plus 13 against Cal. Uh, if you look at Cal, they beat UC Davis 34-13, but the scoreline, if you dig deep, it's not really indicative of what happened. Cal had a pick six. UC Davis got picked off just outside the red zone um, uh, uh, the Cal 24 and now they have a UNLV team that just had a bye and in their week zero matchup they thumped Idaho State 52 to 21 they have a ton of transfers and Justin Wilcox before that cover against UC Davis last week one in six as a double digit favorite at Cal so this is not a team you're looking to lay a lot of points with the, they started Jack Plummer at quarterback last week Purdue transfer who I don't really rate highly and Cal has Notre Dame on deck and my favorite point I've been running this out all summer, but uh, new defensive coordinator at UNLV is Keith Hayward, who was at Cal last season as a linebackers coach. So I can see UNLV getting up for this game. There is talent on the roster. Many people are expecting a jump from basement to like just outside, like a step outside the basement. So I'll take the nearly two touchdowns on UNLV. I, I'll make Cal prove to me that they could win with margin against a non-FCS opponent. Yeah, I mean, I was completely wrong. I, I liked the Justin Wilcox hire. I thought he was really going to change this Cal program, and they were going to move up in the in the Pac-12. It hasn't happened. I'm surprised he got another year. I think he'll get mm -hmm. fired this year. Uh, I will. I would watch to see where he goes as a defensive coordinator because I, I I think he's going to be really strong in that area again. So you know, I, I get the lean here. I I didn't see a line yet, but if you really want, if you want a real stinker, I like a Weber State to possibly upset <laughs> Utah State. So see what that line. Hey, Utah State. Utah State, that was a one-year flash in the pan. This is not the yeah. same Utah State team uh, that won the Mountain West last season. So there you go. There's our plug your nose slash trust me, we got this uh, bets. Tom's taking Virginia plus five. I'm taking UNLV plus 13. Kind of an underdog special, but we have another segment for that coming up. Um, the next one, though, is there are a handful of big games. We just talked about Alabama, Texas. There's Baylor, BYU, Kentucky, and now a resurgent Florida team all of a sudden. Stanford, USC. I mean, there's a handful of big games this weekend. Tom, I know you were looking at the Kentucky-Florida game, though. Which side are you leading here? Are you buying into the Anthony Richardson hype train after that Utah upset? Slight upset, I should say. Yeah, I mean, listen, I thought he was going to be – he was a decent long-shot Heisman bet before the mm -hmm. season only because, you know, Mullen did such an awful job there last year. I, I was one of the few people – I didn't play him, but I kind of leaned Florida in that game only because – I think Utah has trouble with athletic teams. We saw that against a decimated Ohio State game in the bowl. Utah's very good team, very well coached. But Florida still has good players. And yeah. now they have a quarterback. So so I wasn't surprised that game was close, went, went down to one play. But I like Kentucky here getting the points, only because I see this as a dead even game. I think it should be more of a field goal, to be honest with you. I caught the early number at six and a half. It's gone down a little bit since then. I would take anything four and a half or higher. Once it gets below four, you're kind of in the where I expected the line to be. Mm -hmm. But I think this is going to be a really close game. I think they're both good teams, good, you know, that second-level SEC caliber teams. Should be a good game. Yeah. Uh, again here, I, I wish it was a little bit touch lower like you mentioned. 
I did want to play on Florida. I didn't really love what I saw from Kentucky. They're now down their top two running backs. So that's a little bit of concern for me, but I do agree with you also. You're kind of buying – you're buying low on the team, taking them against Utah, and then you're selling high against Kentucky. And this is a team yeah. – Mark Stoops always overachieves as an underdog. This is – you know, Napier also for Florida. He's well, he coaches well as an underdog, maybe not as much as a favorite. So at this number, I do agree. I lean Kentucky. Maybe I'll come in on Florida. Maybe I'll do like a money line parlay, Florida, another favorite. But, you know, for me at this number, I see no value. But again, this is a spot where Mark Stoops has thrived as an underdog. And you're getting Florida off of that just crazy high of beating Utah the way they did coming down. You know, you have that Anthony Richardson insane spin move, two point conversion. So, I agree. Kentucky probably valuable at over, you know, four points over a field goal, but no touch for me here. My statement game though, this is like the late night one. This is one I'm been looking forward to at it circled all summer. Uh, BYU, I'm laying the money line at minus 170. It's open minus 130. It's on the move. I think BYU is a cut above this Baylor team. I said before the season, I could see a world where BYU with their schedule is capable of running the table and making the college football playoff. I Again, is it going to happen? Probably not. But is the schedule there to make a run? Absolutely. And this is step one. BYU has to beat Baylor. This is a team they lost to last year, but I'm down on Baylor. They need to replace their top three pass catchers, their top two running backs. They're integrating in a new quarterback that is thought of very highly in Blake Shapin, but can he go on the road and go toe-to-toe with Jaron Hall, who's a you know dual-threat dynamic quarterback? I don't know. This is a BYU team that brings back their entire offensive line. Gunnar Romney didn't play last week against US, USF, their number one receiver. Seemed more like, you know, reading the press quotes that they were holding him out for this game. BYU still hung 50 on the road against South Florida in the humidity. So I think BYU is going to get up for this game. I think they have the experience edge. And I just think they're the better team. So give me the Cougs money line. I think they take care of this. Um, again, maybe you want to pair this with Florida or something. I don't mind that as well. Yeah, I mean, I like BYU as a team, too. The, the only thing that gives me a little pause here is that Baylor does still have a top 10 offense and defensive line. Uh, and mm-hmm. we saw that in the bowl game against Mississippi, where they really dominated in the trenches. So can BYU offset that, you know, especially on the offensive end? Can they block those guys up front? Or does this become one of those, you know, low-scoring uh, rock fights that yeah. Baylor likes to play? So I think that'll be – you, you'll be able to tell early. You know, this could be a live bet for me on how this game is going. If BYU is moving the ball pretty well early and, and can can stop that that Baylor front, I think they go on and win this game. Yeah, I completely agree. This is going to come down to can BYU kind of put the pressure on Shapin and a new offensive group – like. Can they get to 28 points? Can they get to you know yep. 30 plus? It's going to be on Jaron Hall, who, again, like if we're talking like Heisman long shots, like I really see a path for BYU to really make some noise and be in the mix come November. Again, they have to win their games, but with that schedule, if they're able to navigate that, you could be talking about Jaron Hall being a Heisman finalist. You could talk about BYU, maybe that fourth team that we were just talking about. The talent's there, the returning production's there, and this is a team that has a noted home field advantage. So. I'm high on this BYU team, and this is the spot I thought was going to be that statement, big moment. They're coming out party where we're talking on Sunday and Monday. Wow, BYU just absolutely handed it to Baylor, who's thought of as a Big 12 contender. So, again, that's my statement bet, BYU uh, on the money line against Baylor. There you have it. And Tom is taking Kentucky plus five, fading the Anthony Richardson hype train. Um, And now, though, 
We're, Tom's, you know, this has been uh, two underdogs here after the Alabama bet. But now this is our underdog segment. So we spoke about Syracuse earlier. They beat Louisville pretty bad on the um, on the road, Louisville. They couldn't get anything going. I'd say a few turnovers, though, kind of went awry from them. But, Tom, you're going back to the well here with Louisville, going to the bounce house of US, UCF uh, on Friday night. You like Louisville, though. Let me hear it. Yeah, they're sitting there at six and a half right now, six, six and a half, depending right. on where you are. Here's that that Syracuse game, you know, I that was my favorite play of the week, so I was invested in it. It was uh-huh. 17-7 forever. Syracuse had the lead, and Louisville had multiple chances to cut into that lead and change the momentum. But every time they got across the 50-yard line, that you know, they turned the ball over. I think it was one of those games, opening game, where the team just didn't look right. Yeah, you know, even though I like Syracuse, they're not 24 points better than Louisville. I, I don't think Louisville just something looked off on them offensively. I think they go to UCF. I, I think Syracuse is a lot better than people think they are this year. So I think this is going to be one of those kind of back and forth games where mm-hmm. laying six six and a half is going to be tough because I don't know if any defense is going to have any stops in this one. Yeah, two dynamic quarterbacks, Malik Cunningham and John uh, Reese Plumley. Seems like a last team with the ball wins this game one way or another. So don't hate the play on taking Louisville with that many points. Definitely that number's been a little inflated because of Louisville's poor showing that may be a little bit fluky based on turnover luck and stuff like that. My underdog bet, though, not as juicy, but Army at home against UTSA. I just Army closed a one-and-a-half point underdog to Coastal on the road last week, and it was a very un-Army-like game. The offense looked good, but they only ran 47 plays. Coastal, they run a triple-option light offense, and that was able to keep Army off the field. So Coastal achieved their game plan, and that's why I saw Army lost by 10. Now you got UTSA coming off of a chaotic triple-overtime loss, early kick in West Point. I just think this is a tough spot to really turn around after an air raid Houston offense and now face a triple option offense. I like Army here catching the two. And also, I know this is not the same UTSA team from a few years ago, but Army beat this team in 2019 and 2020 uh, pretty badly. Combined score 59 to uh, 29. So does Jeff Taylor improve his defense from there? Maybe, but I like Army here catching the two. I have them as small favorites. I just think... Again, can they keep Frank Harris and that explosive UTS offense on the uh, sidelines long enough to get a win? I think so. So I'll take the plus two. Um, I think they should be small favorites. Yeah, this is an interesting game. I mean, I love Army because I I'm an option guy. I love watching the academies You're play. You know, I yeah the you know uh, the fact that Air Force is a 17 point favorite over Colorado this week makes me <laughs> proud. <laughs> and they'll probably cover that number. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're covering that. They're Colorado winning by three touchdowns. Awful, awful. <laughs> and the uh, Air Force is going to rush for about 500 yards in that game. You know, th- th- this is going to be an interesting game because everybody's going to be on San Antonio. Everybody. Yeah. The, they have talent. People like to bet that team. That game was on TV against Houston. That was a very well-played game. I thought, yeah. I thought it was one of the better played games of the weekend that I saw. So you're going to have a lot of people. You're going to be in the minority on this one, Reed. Taking Army as a short Good. home dog, I think. But I'll tell you what, I can't wait to watch these ga- this game. These are two of my favorite teams to watch in college football. Yeah, but listen, I'm okay being on an island. Let me out there with my triple option. I'll 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 take a chance. I I think Army. I think they win this game. Uh, I just think, again, it's a bad matchup and bad spot for UTSA after that kind of chaotic triple overtime. They're up two touchdowns in the second half. So I'll take Army. Um, I'll be on the island there. So that's our underdog plays there. Uh, Tom's taking Louisville plus the six. I'm taking Army plus the two. 
now, so I plug my plays in, and then Tom, you sent me over your plays. I plugged them into our little rundown sheet. We're head to head here. So this might get a little physical through the camera here between us, but Fresno State, uh, it was originally minus one. They're now plus one. It's we'll we'll call it somewhere between minus one and plus one, wherever you can find it. But Tom, you're on Oregon State. I'm on Fresno State. I'll let the visitor go first and uh tell me why you like the Beavers uh to go to Fresno and get a win. Oregon State was a team I liked heading into the season. I didn't pull the trigger on them to win the Pac-12. I, I put it in after week one at, at uh, plus 2,700. Uh, I, I think they have a shot. I, I like the speed on that team. A lot of speed, especially defensively. This this is going to be a cl- – I don't know if I'm as high on Fresno State as some other people. Again, a, another reason why I took Air Force to win the Mountain West Conference. I think Boise's program is in the toilet. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I think I think Fresno might not be as good as they were last year. So, listen, this is going to be a good game. I took a shot on uh, Oregon State. I'm, I'm all in on the Beavers this year. I like that team. Yeah, I think the Pac-12 does have an opening. I did like a Washington State flyer before the year. So, I, I, the Oregon State, I see where you're going with that. I don't like this specific setup, though, because I think Oregon State's being a little overvalued. I checked out that Boise State-Oregon State game. It was over before it started. Hank Bachmeyer, three turnovers on first six drives, gets benched. I just, you know, if you look at, like, the down-to-down rate, success rate, it was pretty similar. Oregon State, 36% success rate. Boise State, 33% uh, success rate. They just hit a bunch of explosive plays to, you know, pull away. And the game was, like I said, 17-0 before, you know, Boise State really got going. I think Fresno State with the better quarterback play and Jake Hayner at home, I don't know. I just think that this is a Fresno State team that should be closer to like minus two and a half. I mean, Boise State was taking money leading up to this Oregon State game. So, again, we're talking about that overreacting to one game. I'm not going to do that with this Oregon State team. I like Fresno State at home uh, to beat the Beavers from Corvallis. So, I'll take the shot. I'm a primetime matchup pick. Fresno State. Tom's got Oregon State. Maybe we'll do a little side wager and uh, (laughs) see who gets this one done late night. in Fresno. So there's our little late night action for you. I have a bunch of late night plays this week, but like I said, Tom on Oregon state, I'm on Fresno state. That's all our segments. So Tom, I don't know. Do you have any other plays you want to share that didn't make the cut? Anything else you're eyeing? Um, And then we're going to answer a few questions from the comments before we get out of here. I haven't played anything yet. I think A&M might thump App State. The App State played they, – they scored 61 points in week one. They might score 10 points in week two. I mean, A&M is uh, – their defense is in a whole other hemisphere yeah. than North Carolina. I think – and plus, losing that game. the way Again, you know, we, we mentioned East Carolina and NC State, App State, North Carolina. That's a Super Bowl for those kids. They come up short. Now they got to go play a physical SEC team in Texas A&M. think it could be a long afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I have three plays I want to go rapid fire. My first one I was going to mention, A&M, App State, under 54. Um, I think the total is a little inflated based on App State's crazy game against UNC. A&M just has – just a different caliber on the line. I think they're going to shut down Chase Bryce, who is constant. He struggled at Duke, transferred. Um, now he's at App State. I just don't trust him after a career day against a porous North Carolina offense. So I like the under in AM App State. I, if it's a side, I'm taking AM, though. I think this with Miami on deck, you can see AM go up 24 0 and then just sit on the ball. They're, they don't play particularly fast anyway. So that's it. Under 54 for me in AM App State. Arkansas, South Carolina, another under, under 53. Spencer Rattler did not look good at all against Georgia State. Yeah, that wasn't great. 35-14, game stayed under. 
But don't let the box score show, fool you. This is similar to that Cal game. Two block punt for touchdowns against uh, Georgia State. So this South Carolina offense, I think, is going to struggle again on the road against Arkansas. But South Carolina's defense did look very strong against Georgia State. Um, Arkansas with K.J. Jefferson. I think they're going to lean on the run game. So give me that under 53. Um, I like that one. And then my last one, UAB laying the six and a half against Liberty. We faded Liberty last week. Couldn't get the money line home with So Miss, but we did get the cover home. Wild game, but this UAB team is a cut above Southern Miss especially, but really most of the G5 teams, uh, one of the best defenses in the group of five. And they also, I know they played Alabama A&M and just absolutely clobbered them 59-0, but Dwayne McBride didn't play. They're starting running back. He's an absolute stud. Liberty's defense couldn't stop the run, even when it was Frank Gore Jr. playing Wildcat quarterback. So I think UAB runs wild on Liberty. I really don't rate this Liberty team high at all. So I'll take up to a touchdown uh, with the Flames there, UAB, minus six and a half uh, as my third best bet. Tom, any thoughts there? And then we'll get to some questions and comments. Gonna and I don't really have a strong play on that. I don't have a good feel on Liberty this year. So I'm going to hold out and just kind of watch them for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, see what they do. Yeah. No, so there's a bunch of bets. Uh, if you want more, you can check out my bet stamp at RW33. Tom, you're on the Action Network, I believe, if you want to share yep. your username. And we could uh, uh, share that out there. But, yeah, so a bunch of plays. These are early, though. We're trying to get ahead of some line moves. And, yeah, if you like this stuff, make sure you're liking, subscribing, comment during the show. We're going to answer some questions now. We'll start with uh, Ben Heisler chiming in. Uh, He goes, Tom, safe to say Iowa might be the most faded team by public in week two. They looked awful offensively for South Dakota State. I don't mind laying the three and a half at home to bounce back against Iowa State. Tom, any thoughts here on uh, the Cyhawk game? I kind of agree because Iowa State is replacing so much from last season, and Iowa still has one of the best defenses in the Big Ten. Now, can they score 10 points? I, I don't know. I mean, we got hopefully the Iowa offense shows up this week. You know what I mean? The block pump for a touchdown, the interception for a touchdown, the strip sack for a touchdown. That's Iowa doesn't score that way. They always have trouble scoring. I do lean Iowa. I can't get to three and a half, though. I was kind of hoping this number might go down a little bit, but three and a half is a stay away for me. But I do think Iowa is going to is going to win this game. Yeah, it feels like I think I saw the game of the year mark. It was like six, six and a half Iowa. Then I'd be on Iowa State. Now that's trickling down. Like Ben said, it's the most faded team. I'm just not rushing to bet against uh, Iowa, against Iowa State, who still needs to prove it a little bit. If it's a bit higher. I'd like Iowa State here. It's a no touch for me. Um so there's one question. Gregory Schwartz, he chimed in. He asked about uh, Texas A&M, thoughts on them only being favored by 18 versus App State. Kind of hit on that one, but like we said, we think that this is a huge jump in competition for App State. Um, Texas A&M just has absolute, like, just monsters on the defense line. I think they're going to shut this down. I like the under, Tom. You said you're kind of leaning towards that minus 18. Is there, you know. Yeah, and, and the under. The, listen, I, I wouldn't make a huge habit out of laying points with A&M like this in the SEC because I have to see their offense get it done. I think they'll do whatever they want offensively against App State, though, because their defense just isn't going to match up with them. And, again, I think their defense is going to dominate. I, I would be surprised if App State, uh, you know, 17 would be the ceiling for me this week. And yeah. I think they'd be lucky to get there. Yeah, and like we said, there's a big game coming up against uh, Miami next week. Keep an eye on that one. Maybe Texas A&M, they want to go like more vanilla than usual. There's certain spots like that all weekend. Like another one I just know off the top of my head, Auburn, San Jose State. Mm-hmm. Auburn plays uh, Penn State in a revenge game next week. You know, these are big spreads. Just be a little wary of are there um, 
too much, you know, where a team goes uh, vanilla in the second half, pull their stars. They, get, they got a big game next week, especially in non-conference. But as we start to wrap here, I want to pull up our full recap graphic, make sure we have everything, and, you know, anyone tuning in late can get all our best bets. So, uh, Tom, he went with Alabama minus 20 against Texas. Virginia plus five against Illinois. Kentucky also catching five against Florida. Louisville plus six against UCF. And Oregon State plus one against Fresno State. And then for me, I took Alabama in the first half, minus 11 and a half. I just think too much size up front. I think they're going to pull away early. UNLV uh, plus 13 against Cal. BYU on the money line against Baylor. Army catching two against UTSA. And I'm going head-to-head with Tom here, taking Fresno State minus one against Oregon State. Uh, That's our little late-night action. And then there's our show. Tom, appreciate you coming on the show. Make sure if you, you you want to plug anything specific that you're doing over at Action, you know, feel free. Yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at my Twitter handle. The, I, I do mostly college sports, basketball, and, and college football. And you can read my stuff at the New York Post under the Action Network banner. Yeah, definitely. Tom, of course, known you for a long time. You know, I owe a lot to you, so I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. And if you like this kind of stuff, make sure you like and subscribe below. We could use the help. And we'll talk to you next Tuesday for our week three edition of the Early Read. Best of luck, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.